This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hello, folks. How is it going on this wonderful day that you are having? This is episode 201 of the Laravel News Podcast. It is October 3rd, 2023 in the U.S. Australia time zone is October 4th. So for those of you listening to this in uh, in Aussie land, know that you got this uh, one day sooner than everybody over here. I All hope right. you feel special. I hope you do. Hey, um, so I'm a little bit late tonight because I'm still working on that bathroom. <laughs> Painting and... <laughs> Wasn't it wasn't it meant to be done like uh, last week? I love also I love how you say wasn't it meant to be as in it's like fate or something. I'm not sure. It was supposed to be done last week. I was planning on it being done last week. I don't know if it was meant to be done last were you, week. Were you having visitors uh, coming to stay with you last week? I yes. thought you were trying to get it all done before. No, 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 this week, this week, this, oh, week, this week, this week, tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow they're going to be here tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, you know. I, uh, I, the most intimidating part of this whole thing was drywall. I don't do drywall. And, uh, so I tried my hand mm-hmm. and then I got two coats on it and Jordan Brill was like, Hey, do you want me to just come over? And I didn't think he got the words out before. I was like, yes, please. What do you want? <laughs> I will give you anything. Just come over and finish it. Just put the last coat on. <laughs> anyway, he did. And it was amazing. And it looks so good. And so I'm finally so close to done with this thing. So you messaged me. You're like, uh, did you fall asleep? Like, where are you at? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm painting stuff. And you're like, um, you know, the stuff you were supposed to have done forever ago? Yeah, that stuff. <laughs> That's the stuff I'm painting. So anyway, and there's my timer telling me that it is time for me to uh, go put another coat on the upstairs. Anyway, we can get on with this uh, because none of you folks came to hear that nonsense. But um, here we are. This is what this is what's going on. Also, a throwback to uh, Laracon 2023 in Nashville. I have me some more Liquid Death. Liquid Death. Oh. They had a ton of this. Yeah, it's good stuff. I had a ton of this at the uh, at the bar there at Nashville at the venue, and I drank a lot of these. It was good stuff. Yep. Is that like an energy drink? Yeah. Is that and this that was. Is? No, no, no. It's water. It's just water, but oh. it's like a special type of water. It looks, <laughs> and it, this one is called Armless Palmer. Instead of Arnold Palmer, it's Armless Palmer. Right. Murder your thirst. Don't be scared. It's just water. Murder, murder your thirst. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Really great marketing. Anyway, if you haven't had any liquid death, you should definitely try it. It's good stuff. Hmm. My wife got me a big case of it. So anyway, it's a it's a liquid death kind of night. All right. They're not sponsoring the show. Maybe we should have them sponsor the show. Shall we get to it? Let's, Let's get it. to it. Laravel 10.25, our first release. So this one was published on September 27th by Mr. Paul Redmond, everyone's favorite human. So Laravel team released 10.25 with exception throttling, a string take method, and more. So Laravel saw plenty of fixes, updates, and typo fixes this week, which is also uh, always appreciated from the community. So let's talk first about throttle exceptions. TMAC, Mr. Tim McDonald himself, contributed the ability to throttle exceptions by sampling rate limiting exception reporting. So your exception handler class, which by the way, if you did not know this, when you throw an exception in your Laravel application, it bubbles up, bubbles up, bubbles up, nothing catches it. It gets ultimately to the handler.php class, which is where we're talking about. So your exception 
handler class can define now a throttle method. And this gives you the ability to rate limit based on an exception type. So inside of the throttle method, you take a throwable and then inside of the method, you say return match. Uh, and then you can define a particular type of exception that you're interested in throttling the um, reporting of, right? So uh, if there's like an API monitoring exception, for example, you can say, eh, only give me this every minute, right? If it's if it's having a lot of problems, whatever, you know, you don't need to report a thousand of them a minute. Just report one. That's fine. I I know it's happening. You don't need to overwhelm my, uh, you know, don't don't uh, run run up all of my uh, century reporting problems. Like, just let me know something's going on. I'll take a look at it, and yep. then uh, we should be good to go. So there you go. So you can also return a um, limit, uh, which you can use to limit the amount of logs that are logged per minute in the example. So you can return from here a lottery instance, which is another interesting thing that uh, Tim created a little while ago, or simply don't return anything. If you want to opt out for a given exception type, so you can just say, yeah, don't bother reporting that. So you can check out the documentation, which has already been written on throttling reported exceptions in the 10.x docs to start using exception throttling in Laravel 10.25. Okay, Moshe Brodsky contributed a take method to the string and stringable uh, classes that is syntactic sugar for substring. So when you want to start at the first character uh, and using substring, you would do something like string, you know, substring zero, two. That's great. But a lot of times you're starting at zero, right? So you don't really want to define zero. You're just like, yes, I'm starting at zero. So instead of saying substring now, you can use take and then omit that first argument. And then you just say take two, which means take the first two characters of the string. And there you have it, Bob's your uncle. Hey, um, also, Michael, mm. we on our last, mm, was it in Laravel News or was it on North Meet South? I think it was on Laravel News. That's not. What are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about when we mentioned on the show having a name for double colon. Right. Yes. I remember? think that so when was we say, on this show. Yeah. I think it was on this show. And so Andrew Woods and... Uh, Andreas Hagel. Andreas Hagel. Yeah. So they both kind of chimed in on this. And so they had different um, ideas around what we could call it. In German, the word is doppel doppel punkt, doppel doppel punkt, which refers, which actually the literal translation is double double dot. But his suggestion, his, his suggestion was dodop, which I kind of like, yeah. honestly. I'm down with dodop. We can make like that a double thing. colon dot up. I think we should make it a thing. So uh, in this case, you could say str dot up take, and then as the first argument, a b c d e f comma two, and that would give you the first two characters in that string. Dot up. It's a thing, people. We're doing it. We're happen. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. There we go. All right. Increase bcrypt rounds to twelve. Stephen Reese Carter. Stephen Reese Carter is the man. He is the dude who gave a presentation or continues to give presentations on uh, really making sure that you're being secure in your Laravel applications and how you build just web applications in general. So Stephen Reese Carter contributed increasing bcrypt rounds from 10 10 to 12. Uh, So this increases the default bcrypt cost to keep up with uh, computing, right? So this basically is how many rounds uh, does it run through before it's it's listed as like, yep, it's, it's all good. And the cool thing about this too is I believe if you set it, this will, like if you had something that was using bcrypt previously, 
It can still read it, but the next time it does bcrypt on it, it will just well, let me think about this actually. No, bcrypt doesn't read. Does it just encrypts, right? Yeah, yeah it just encrypts. Yep. Well, it hashes. Bcrypt hashes. It's hashes. Thank you. It hashes. So the the process here, right, is if you're bcrypting something, but you're needing to compare against something. So like let's say you bcrypt somebody's password and then store the the hash in the database, right? Mm-hmm. You can update to use 11 or 12 rounds and your stuff that was hashed with 10 rounds will still work, correct? It's not like you have to go through and rehash everything. You can't do that. It will, yes. Yeah. So Bcrypt... You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So your, inc- your hashed string includes the algorithm and the... Number know, of rounds? And the number of rounds gotcha. in it. So PHP actually has okay, that makes sense. built in a password needs rehash function. And it will tell oh, you, nice. there we you go. know, if your application is now using um, a different number of rounds. More and rounds, the, and the, yeah. And the, It'll so rehash it. Basically, this is a, a self-migrating over time. As your users log yeah. into your application, um, you can check, yep. we'll does rehash. it need to be rehashed? And then rehash the password because that is the only time that you have the plain text password available is when the exactly. user enters the password. So yep. Laravel used to, but I don't think... I'm fairly certain, sorry, I'm fairly certain Laravel used to do this where it would check if the password needs a rehash, rehash it, and then update it. It no longer does this as part of the login flow. So I know that Stephen was having some conversations with Taylor about the best way of implementing this, such as to not break anything anywhere along the way, which is obviously when you're talking about user authentication, it's fairly critical to most applications. You have to be careful not to to you know break every Laravel application in the wild obviously that the updates but mm-hmm. for for general purpose the you know the hashes will keep working with 10 rounds um because right. that exactly. information that's, is contained within the hash so the the hash checking algorithm that's what I was trying to communicate work. yeah yeah so even if you're wanting to increase to you know from 10 to 12 you don't have to worry your application will continue to work as normal all right. Hey, that's everything we've got for 10.24 and 10.25. Or sorry, that's all we've got for 10.25. You can find the diff between 24 and 25 on GitHub and, of course, the release notes as well. There we have it. Excellent. On with the show, my friend. On to the news. Uh, late last week at the time of this recording, Taylor Otwell, creator of the Laravel framework, tweeted that he is interested in potentially bringing on someone to focus on video and educational content and at Laravel thinking two videos per week. So this could be your chance if you've ever wanted to get your foot in the door at Laravel. If you've grabbed a copy of Aaron Francis's screencasting.com and you're wondering what you're going to be presenting about, maybe this is your opportunity to respond to Taylor's tweet and put forward your case for creating videos for a very large Laravel audience. So definitely check that out. We'll have links to it in the show notes for you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That should be, uh, should be fun for somebody. Hey, let's talk about Laravel some more. Bootcamp, Laravel Bootcamp. So if you've not done this before, um, this is sort of a little tutorial that you can go through on the Laravel documentation uh, where you can build, it's like a Twitter clone, right? I think it's called Mm -hmm. Chirper Yep, is what it is. And they've had in the past, they've had an inertia and a view. Sorry, let's see, was it? No, was there a view, React? I can't remember exactly which versions they were. In any and case, I think that was just a plain, okay. like a vanilla blade as well. But yeah, blade one. Yeah, exactly. So, so now there is a live wire track. 
Oh, and here it is, right? Before this update, Laravel Bootcamp had already supported a broad range of technologies, including Blade, Vue, React. Bootcamp offers learners the flexibility to choose the path they find most compelling as they build a fictional app known as Chirper. I could have literally just read this thing and then it would have had, you know, uh, learning my lessons. So with the addition of Livewire, you now have an even greater number of paths to explore, whether you're a fan of Blade's simplicity, Vue's reactivity, React's component-based architecture, or now Livewire's server-driven applications. Laravel Bootcamp caters to your individual preferences and learning style. So you can check out Bootcamp. And if you know of anybody looking to learn Laravel, that's a great resource. You can check it out at bootcamp.laravel.com, and it will let you choose your path from there. Very cool. Philo Hermans uh, put out a new... I guess, web app that you can use, which allows you to experience the Laravel Livewire component development like never before from your browser with a tool called Wirebox. Philo announced the beta last week, which you can sign up for at wirebox.app and start trying it out. During the beta, Wirebox provides the ability to use an online editor with hot reloading, component sharing, forking, and starring, the ability to ask an AI assistant for help, and more. Wirebox gives you a sandbox environment to quickly work on your Livewire component ideas and share them with others. The editor makes it easy to find component files with accompanying views, models, and routes. And as you write your code, you'll see changes update in the dedicated preview window, similar to other tools like Code Sandbox or Code Pen. Uh, if you'd like to sign up for the beta, you can visit wirebox.app to get started. And you can also jump on the uh, Wirebox preview video to see how it all works. But this is a really nice thing. If you, know, you want to get in, you just want to scaffold something out, if you're trying to help someone out and you don't want to start up a new Laravel app and, you know, bring, bring in the package and all this kind of stuff, you can just jump into the browser and off you go. So yeah, that's a, a really cool way and a cool tool from Philo to, to be able to check all this stuff out. And he he's always doing incredible things with, um, I know. with Laravel. Where does you find the time? Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, let's see. It's invite only right now. Oh, no. To ensure smooth operations, we gradually accept new users. You'll be notified when your account is ready. It won't be long. So jump on that waitlist, I suppose. Yep. Very cool. Awesome. Hey, uh, we have got Laracon EU coming up uh, February 5th and 6th of 2024, but the tickets are now on sale. So Laracon EU is returning to Amsterdam on February 5th and 6th. You can learn from the best about everything Laravel, inspired by new tech, fresh ideas, the chance to network with core developers of Laravel. Uh, it's going to be two days of awesome talks, and you will have you glued to your seat, plus plenty of free coffee and food, of course. So some of the speakers that have been announced are Taylor Atwell, yay, Jess Archer, Joe Dixon, Jess Archer, Joe Dixon. I think Tim McDonald is also going to be at this one. I think I saw him announced. Yeah, I saw, saw there was one other girl who has spoken before. I don't remember what her name is that was announced today as well, I think. So yeah. Five talks so far that I know of, and maybe a couple more that I didn't see. Uh, but you should definitely go if you're in the EU, even if you're not, and you can make it there February 5th and 6th. Uh, it's going to be great. So you should definitely check it out. Hmm. All right. Yeah, Rissa, Rissa Jackson is speaking. She spoke at Laracon Rissa Jackson, thanks you. That's, that's what it was. Um, earlier this yeah. year, I think. So, yeah, it's cool. Good to see some new faces, as always. Excellent. Uh, the last bit of news that we have here is Ash Allen's new book, Consuming APIs in Laravel, is now available. And I have been hanging out for this one because I've been doing a lot of API consumption lately. And let me tell you, anyone that's integrated with lots of different APIs will know that they're all different and they're all a pain in their own special way. And uh, documentation is always out of a date. But 
This book, you've built a great app and now you want your users to have more power. Maybe they want their monthly reports to be sent to their accounting software. Maybe they need automatically created tasks in their project management tool, or they want contact form submissions to be automatically sent to the CRM. And there is no doubt that integrating with third parties and adding these features to your app is a great way to add value to your users, but it can also be super daunting to get started. The book is a 440 page deep dive into the world of APIs and is your complete guide to confidently building robust and powerful API integrations in your Laravel projects to add cool new features. It's a comprehensive API manual that Ash wishes he had when he started as a developer one that you can trust and will want to refer back to again and again. You can also download a free sample of the book. The sample is from the Webhooks chapter and covers building webhook routes and webhook security. You can check all of this out at consumingapisinlaravel.com. There is a chapter about APIs themselves, code techniques, building an API integration using Saloon, using the just-released Saloon v3, chapter on OAuth and webhooks. The book is for anyone whose client or boss utters the words, we need to integrate with XYZ's API, and if that gives you nightmares, the book is for you. If you've never been sure how to structure your API integrations or you've struggled to write tests for them, this book is for you. Let me tell you, using Saloon to test your API integrations is chef kiss. Really? This makes it using the mock responses, using fixtures, everything kind of just works. It handles um, redaction of credentials as well, which is really handy, so you don't have to worry about inadvertently storing mm. Um, you know, production keys or test keys or anything like that in your in your fixtures. You know, it all gets tidied up as you go, which is really good. Um, the book itself doesn't show you just how to write the code, but it also focuses on teaching you skills to improve the standardization, maintainability, and testability of your code and teaches you techniques that you can use to improve code quality and make your API integrations more robust and easier to maintain. Importantly, the pricing. The book is available for $39. You get a PDF in both light and dark mode as well as EPUB and using the discount code LN20 you get 20% off your purchase so it would be around the $30 mark there's also the bundle as I mentioned for $59 which gets you consuming APIs and battle ready Laravel and you can use the coupon LN10 to get 10% off that bundle uh, we've talked about Ash a number of times on the show before he's yes, contributed to Laravel mm-hmm. News he's uh, got an excellent blog he does like a, a meet meet the you know meet the person meet the artisan kind of Thing in there if you, you're interested mm-hmm. about getting to know some of the people in the Laravel community. So definitely check that out. Um, I've got a copy of it ready to go. I'm a slow reader, but I will get through it for sure. I'm going to have to buy me one of these copies too. And also I'm going to have to check out, uh, I mean, I've used Saloon. Well, I've experimented with Saloon. I have not yet used Saloon in production. Can you believe that? You really, crazy? really need to. It just simplifies so many things. I know. It's like I've had to use APIs for everything for, for so long. And so we just have another convention that we use. And so I remember we had uh, Sammy Joe on North Meet South to talk about it. Sammy Joe 20. Um, yeah, it's it's good. I just, I, I don't know. I have to commit to making it happen on a, a particular API. If If I can make it work on one, then I might switch over our main one to use it. So anyway, I need to give it a shot. The, and I need to give the uh, consuming IPAs in Laravel a shot. And, you know, like with the coupon code, it's only like 32 bucks. So, yeah, can't I beat think that. Um, the the key difference, like people might say, you know, we've got the HTTP client built into Laravel and that's that's nice. But there's mm-hmm. still a lot of repetition and boilerplate that you need to get around um, the testing. You know, you've got the fakes and things like that, but it's not quite as well-rounded, I think as what Saloon is. And it gives you a whole bunch of additional functionality in terms of 
handling different content types and authentication mechanisms and all of that kind of stuff, like just out of the box. So yeah, I'll have to look into it again. For yeah. sure. It was in like version beta. It was in it was just in beta when it was first yeah. when I was first looking at it. So anyway, yeah. version three came out. It's in version weekend. three now. So yep, yep, exactly. So much better. Okay. Let's talk about another package. Pale. This is an experimental package to tail logs. Why pale? PHP artisan tail. Pale. P A I L. Mm-hmm. Is that why? Basically. Is that you think so? Yep. Okay. I think this came out of uh, Jeffrey Way saying every Laravel application should come with a way to tail logs by default. Mm-hmm. He's like, every, you know, this is something that people need to do. So if you don't know what that means to tail logs, essentially what it is, if you're tailing something, is your console is open and it's reading a file or pointing at a file, and any new lines that come in on that particular file will show up in your console and your CLI, right? And so this is helpful if you're, for example, wanting to watch, you know, API requests come in real time or errors. You're watching watching for an error to come through. Um, you can just tail a log file and then it'll spit it out once new lines are added, right? It's really, really helpful. So Nuno Maduro shared an experimental artisan package to provide an effortless way to tail logs in your Laravel applications. And it's called Pale, right? Might be a it's a package for now, but maybe it's a future PHP Laravel, Laravel PHP feature, right? And the is goal is to just provide now. a really easy way. Is it? Do they make it a first party package? Mm-hmm. It's still experimental um, and it will work. Um, I believe the intent is that it will work outside of Laravel as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, very nice. So yes, as Michael said, it's still in proof of concept phase. It's an idea in the making. So not yet ready for production. Feedback is welcome though. So some fantastic ideas so far include filtering logs by an authenticated user. Uh, so you could say PHP artisan pale dash dash user equals one. PHP artisan pale dash dash filter. And then you can say only ones that include illuminate slash database, etc. Since this package doesn't have any releases, you can install it as a dev dependency. If your stability in composer.json is set to, I think, non, I mean, dev, I can't remember I what it is. Dev, okay. So you have to use dev dash main. All right, so if you mm-hmm. use dev-main, uh, you can pull that in with Composer. So check it out. That's pretty cool. And I've needed to use something like that multiple times. Yeah, I, I saw it um, when, when you know, does first it, does released it. Let it. You dis, does it, I'm sure it lets you define what log file to start Well, it's logging, not. So right? this is Tailing. the thing, right? It doesn't actually look at the files itself, which is handy because... Um, ah, interesting. It's, it's hooking nice. into the logging events, so it's getting that information in real yep. time. So um, that's Good why idea. you have the ability to do filtering by users and things like that, which is really handy if you're trying to debug an error, you know, in production or whatever, and you're looking sure. at the log files. If you've got a high traffic site, you know, those log files can be quite noisy. So being able to totally to say like just tail the logs for me logged into the 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 application that's really handy, and being able to you know just I know it's a little thing and it's, you know, but just having the colored output and being able to see like red is obviously bad, blue is info, all of that kind of stuff is just, it just makes it a little bit easier to reason about, especially if you're using something like we are, where we're, you know, sloping those logs up and sending them off to Datadog. They're all formatted as JSON, so they get even harder to read than what the stack trace that gets spat out into the log file normally is. So having something like this that is listening to the logging events and and sort of formatting that text in a readable way right in the browser uh, right in the terminal is really handy so uh yeah fan of fan of the package nuno well done all right 
Paul Redmond has brought us an article here about a package that allows you to manage a user's browser sessions in Laravel. It's a package by Chris Mellor, and it enables you to manage and monitor active browser sessions. Using the package, you can see user sessions that are active on other devices and provides options to terminate unrecognized or all sessions, which obviously will enhance account security. You can log the user out of all browser sessions besides the current session, and you can get the user's last activity with this method. So this is useful in situations, I suppose, where you have an existing application that you're wanting to add this functionality to where, you know, you're not bolting on something like Laravel Jetstream retrospectively, which also does this user session management stuff. So definitely check this package out. You know, sometimes it's easier to add on a discrete package like this than it is to try and retrofit Laravel Jetstream, for example. So check Mm -hmm. that one out. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. Yep, absolutely. Okay, we have got another one here, uh, which is remove final keywords from classes and methods in vendor packages using unfinalized. So unfinalized by Steve Bauman just released version one. And if you read the release notes, they're worth a quick a quick read over. But it's a package that uses PHP CS Fixer to permanently remove final keywords from composer vendor packages, which is hilarious. There was some <laughs> there was some hubbub. Yeah, it's it's serious. Like this is a real thing. It's a really out there. But yeah, it's really funny that that they actually did it. And the reason so this is the note here. You'll need to fork this package if you want to use it as a PHP CS fixer plugin because one of the team members for PHP CS fixer marked the original package as a conflict. So mm-hmm. you're not so they're like, "Yep, you can't use it in here," which is silly, right? Yeah. What in the world are you talking about? You can't use it in there. That doesn't make any sense. So anyway, you have to fork the PHP CS Fixer package so so that you can uh, right. run it and remove these final yeah. classes. But it's so funny. So funny. Yeah. So like, uh, what's the drama? Why why would they not want? I think that, you know, this, this was a whole sharp knives thing where, you know, the developer that wrote the code that marked it as final you know, doesn't want to, this is the argument that always respect seems the, to come up. Respect the author. Yeah, the author made it final because they don't intend for you to extend it. You know, it's not that I want to have to support it if something goes wrong because you've used it in a way like this. And it's, um, yeah, sharp knives are left on the table for us developers to play with. And, you know, it's up to you as the person toying with a sharp knife to deal with it yourself if you um if you cut yourself. So, I, I it was it was interesting reading that discussion that that went on the PHP CS fix. I think it was like merged and then someone subsequently reverted it. And I think Steve has now updated his package to. I think the I think the main argument there was you know we don't want someone using PHP CS fixer to to go in and and you know up or write modify vendor files that have been cloned from Composer and things like that. So yeah, I think I think it was just a big flash in the pan. You know, do what you got to do. I think the the key thing for me is always like if you're going to do these things that are clearly circumventing quote unquote protections for lack of a better word in in open source packages, like you you need to take on full responsibility. Don't you know go and complain. Sure. You know, it, it, all of this stuff is possible using reflection and things like that. Like if you're gonna if you if you go in and start messing with reflection to access protected or private properties that you're not supposed to have access to and things like that, like these are things that you need to understand that like if it breaks or if you know the package upstream changes or whatever it's on you this, this is on you don't yep. you know um i think of the the latest laravel podcast or the, or the or the first laravel podcast of this new season taylor kind of talked about it and he's like 
know, just put a one line in there. Sorry, that's not supported. You know, you're using this in a way that's not intended, etc. Whatever, like it's on you. Anyway, use the yep. package. Don't use the package. So anyway, there you have it. Up to you. Yep, there you have it. It removes it removes the uh, finals. That's it. That's what it does. Yeah, it's, it's, it's does what's, as Michael would say. What's printed on the tin? Did I get that right? Yep, that's what it says on the tin. Okay, that's what it says on the tin. All right, there we are. Excellent. The Laravel form request tester package is a collection of helpers that helps test form requests. There are various ways to test form requests, either directly or through HTTP tests that validate the behavior in form requests. This package itself has helpers to scaffold a fake route if you want to isolate tests around your form request. You start by importing the provided testing trait on your test case. And the trait provides a form request method that you can use to set up a form request and perform assertions on the form. You could say, for example, this form request, pass up the name of the form request, the, the class string, and then chain on with route, arrow put, and then on your form instance, on your form request instance, you could then assert authorized, assert validation failed, assert for specific uh, validation errors or missing validation errors, and even to assert against validation messages. And there are some assertion methods you can use to assert passing, validation, authorization, and validation data. So uh, this is handy. Testing testing form requests is always an interesting one for me because you want to make sure that everything is correct. And depending on your application and, and you know the kinds of things you're doing, some of them can get quite big. And so testing them is an interesting situation where you don't want to find yourself in a scenario where you're testing validation rules one by one, you know, to, to make sure that uh, effectively at that point, you're testing that the framework is doing the right thing. And so there's... Exactly. That's that's the thing. There's, you know, there's a fine line, I think, between smoke testing the validation to make sure that like broadly you can get through it versus like testing that a validation error is returned when, you know, first name is not set or email address is not unique or things like that. You know, all, all of those kinds of tests, I don't I don't know the answer to it, to that question. Um, every time I look at it, it it gets muddier for me. So but a nice, nice package if you do want to get into the realm. I'm not I I would certainly say use the package if you want. I don't don't know the answer to testing form requests and how how deep down that rabbit hole you go or not. Um Jason McCurry has a really good article on this, by the way. And so basically, I think what he does is he writes a test that basically says, make sure that we're using this form request. And then secondly, make sure that the form request has these rules. Yeah. Now you're tying yourself directly to the implementation, but that's exactly what you're doing anyway. Yeah. Right. So it's like one way or the other, you're tying yourself, either, either your validation rules that you're testing. So I would say you test your validation rules. Like if you have custom validation rules, you would test those on your own anyway, mm-hmm. right? In a separate sure. test, any yeah. unit test. Yeah. But at this point, like for me, it makes sense to say if I hit this endpoint, I am expecting that this form request is in there. And I'm expecting that the rules for this form request are this. There you go. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's and that's it. That's really all you should need to test. So there are other probably use cases here. Yeah. Um, but that's I mean, the authorization stuff, for example, it's good. Yeah, I'm sure that there's some scope for using like PEST's um, architecture testing to do this kind of stuff. Whether or not it does it out of the box, I'm not sure. But like, it's certainly the kind of thing, you know, make sure that all of my controllers are always using like a form request rather than just the Illuminate HTTP request or something like that. You know, 
if that's something sure. that you're deciding as a team that form requests must be used, you know, and then going down that track, what I typically do is like in a post controller, I'd have a show method and then I would have like a show post request and then I would have a store post request and a and an update post request, you know, basically conventionally right. naming the form request after the controller and the method. So, you know, there's... Yeah, that makes sense. You know, just make sure that it's there um, and that it's being used. And then, you know, how far you go down authorization, obviously testing the critical paths, anything that you would consider like business logic, certainly test, but it's a conversation unto itself. We will, sure, we will, yep. We will, we will throw this, um, this link uh, that I'm talking about with Jason McCreary. It's called Testing Validation in Laravel by Asserting a Form Request. So this was written in 2019. It's a four-minute read. Jason McCreary is a pretty freaking smart dude, one of, the, one of the smartest guys I know in the Laravel space for sure. And so a uh, really well-thought-through article here. I think this is how we've uh, tested them, and it's been helpful. Yeah. Beauty. Okay. Moving on, we have a monitoring package, a user monitoring package for Laravel. So monitoring users and their activity is now possible with this Benefay user monitoring package. So it tracks their visits, their actions, their login, logouts, and then gives you a nice dashboard where you can see all of the different things that they've done in the application, their IP, which browser they're using, which operating system, etc. Action monitoring is a little more interesting as you can attach an actionable trait to a model and then track when a user interacts with that model, like read, update, destroy, restore, etc. And then lastly, the authentication monitoring keeps track of when a user logs into your application and logs out. It also has different, uh, you can disable different types of monitoring across your application. Um, and then you can uh, customize the data retention. So you can say, uh, remove any events that are greater than 10 days old, and et cetera, et cetera. And this is great. I do like this package. I want to give a quick shout out to Laravel Telescope, which I don't think gets much love anymore. It has not been, I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about Laravel Telescope in a long time. Mm. It's crazy how much it keeps track of. And I've used it in a number of different applications, both locally and in some cases in production. And so it's really, really handy. If you need like in-depth data and you could do user tracking, you can do all sorts of stuff. Uh, you should definitely check out Laravel Telescope as well. And that's first party. So good stuff. Okay. Nice. Last one we have here is a GitHub contributions generator. Uh, it's just a fun little tool created by Salah and friends that allows you to see your GitHub contributions in an image. You can choose your own theme and enter your GitHub username and the app will generate a downloadable image of all your contributions since the beginning of time, which can make for a cool poster for your office or even just a nostalgic look back on your history as a developer. All the code to generate the, open, the image is open source and available on GitHub. We will have links to that for you in the show notes. I'm generating mine as we speak right now. Okay. Hey, there's one other article here that is tutorial. Excuse me. Sorry, folks. There's one other article here, which is a tutorial from our fearless leader, Mr. Eric Barnes, using Laravel Live Wires, Wire Navigate with Fathom Analytics. So Laravel News uses Fathom Analytics and has recently been updated. Uh, so Laravel News, if you've not looked at it recently, go check it out. Brand new design. Really, really great. But on Laravel News, we're using the Wire Navigate feature to prevent full browser page reloads. But when you do that, there's a side effect of not allowing analytics to track those clicks. This makes sense, right? Because it's sort of warming the page in the background. And then it it, it makes it so you don't have to do that full page reload, right? So if you ever run into this, Laravel LiveWire uh, offers some events that you can tap into to force that tracking. 
Uh, so what you can do is a document add event listener, livewire colon navigated. And then in that case, what you can do is you can do window.fathom.track page view. Um, so you can still hook into those events on the front end in the browser. And when you hear that event come through, even though Fathom won't by default start tracking that, you can do it manually by telling it to track that page view at that point. So good little workaround if you happen to be using Fathom uh, and you also happen to be using that wire navigate feature. Really cool. Hey folks, that is it for episode 201. We really appreciate you hanging out with us. As I said just a minute ago, uh, if you've not checked out LaravelNews.com, Laravel-News.com, the new design really is awesome. Looks wonderful. So you should definitely check that out. It's really, really good. Uh, Eric put a lot of work into this one and you can tell. It looks, looks awesome. Uh, you can find show notes for this episode at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 201. If you liked the show, rate it up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be amazing. And hit us up on Twitter at Jacob Bennett at Michael Dorinda. And tell us if you like this idea of Dodop as the double Dodop. colon thing, Dodop. right? Dodop. I like it. I think it's a good deal. And we should have it printed on t-shirts. It's just going to be like two colons and then it's going to say Dodop. <laughs> it's going to be great. Excellent. And it's going to say Laravel News on the, on the back or on the shoulder or something. Let's, do it. Let's get That's some merch out. Okay. Uh, All right, everybody. Now That's that you, it. Yeah, what you got? Now that you made it to the end of the show, the in case you weren't aware, the Laravel podcast season five, season six is is out now. So Matt Stalfa is co-hosting that with none other than Taylor Otwell. So um, if you've been hanging out, it's season six now. The first two episodes are out, so definitely check that out. It's going more into um, you know things that are going on in the Laravel business, talking about um, first party things, talking about. Tyler and Matt's um, thoughts and opinions on various goings on in the community uh, at large. So definitely check that out if you have been hanging out. Very cool. Well, looking at my chart that I generated here and the year in which I had the most contributions was in 2018. Hmm. 3,139 contributions. This is pretty cool though. I really like it. You should definitely check this out, everybody. It's uh, pretty neat. Okay, until next time, everyone, we will see ya. Bye. Bye.